I am Daniel Leakies, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. He's the author of several books, though other than Mr. Baptist Pinson Woo. Uh, hello, Danielle. Thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. Super happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much for your time, Mr. Baptist. And can you please introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Baptiste Pinson. I'm a, a French writer, as you might uh, hear from my accent, but I do write in English. Um, and my debut novel came last October. Uh, the title was Yellow is a Yellow Sky Revolt, and um, the third book of the series will soon uh, be released in August. Actually, um, so I write about uh, well, so far I write a historical fiction novel set in ancient China, um, and I write from the comfort of my apartment in Tokyo. So it's a bit of a mess uh, internationally speaking, but uh, this is me. Yeah. What is did you realize that you're good in writing? Um, so when did I realize I wanted to become a writer, you mean? Yeah. Yes. And, and then you realize that, oh, I'm good in writing. Oh, I, I still don't know if I am, to be honest. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, I hope people enjoy my books. I've always uh, wanted to write. Like, uh, I feel like since I learned uh, how to read, even back in primary school, I, I really loved writing as well. Um, I think there was a very special assignment when I was a kid about writing a story while trying to avoid the same word twice. And uh, I think that's the day I, I, I really enjoyed. I realized I really enjoy writing. Um, now, after that, of course, I didn't really write so much until, let's say, my I turned 20 years old. Um, and uh, I don't know. I feel like they, they, there was a lot of TV shows and books involved that made me want to write um, there was this TV show, you know, Vikings, maybe. Uh, and and then there is a, ba- a particular scene in season three or four. And I, I, I watched this scene and I realized, ah, you know what? I would love to write that scene. The choice of angles, the way they, the characters are moving, that would make a very good uh, chapter in the novel. And from that point, I just started writing uh, my own stuff. So, uh, yeah, you could say that was a declick maybe 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Now you're living in Japan. Yep, absolutely. I, I've been living in Tokyo. Well, I came back to Tokyo two years and a half ago, uh, but I also lived in Tokyo from 2014 to 2018. Um, and as well as a, as a semester of, uh, during an exchange program uh, during my university years uh, back in 2012. So uh, I've been living in Japan for six, seven years altogether. Books are created in Japan. Yep, absolutely. All my books were written, uh, all my books that have been published uh, have been written in Japan. Uh, Yeah. So all your novels are influenced by Japanese culture? Not really, not too much, I would say, except um, uh, if you consider maybe video games. Like this uh, this series I'm writing right now is set in, in a 
second and third century China during a time period known as the Three Kingdoms. And uh, the way I discovered this period of time was through video games uh, and mostly through the franchise Dynasty Warriors, which is a Japanese franchise. So in that sense, I've been influenced by Japan uh, in my discovery of this time period. But after that, no, I lived in China as well. And I would say this influenced uh, this story more than Japan itself. Interesting, Mr. Baptist. So uh, who are the authors that really influence you? Uh, so my, my books are pure historical fiction, adventure and action, historical fiction, uh, war fiction, this kind of thing. So obviously the big name there is uh, Bernard Cornwell. So he's, uh, he's by far the, the, the writer that influenced me the most, I would say. Um, now, like I said, I wanted to write for a long time, but I think his book, uh, his series, the, the, the Warlord Chronicles, which is a, a, a Arthurian series, is the, that's the series that made me want to, to, to really start as early as possible. I remember finishing the first book in this series, um, uh, The Winter King, and, and, and being like, this is perfect. You know, this book is absolutely perfect. I want to one day write something like this. Uh, it's also the book that made me realize how far I needed to improve, how much I needed to improve <laughs> to write something that good. So Bernard Cornwell would be my first big inspiration in terms of uh, writing. Um, Giles Christian is also a big one. Uh, he wrote books, uh, two trilogies on the, on, uh, that are Viking trilogies. So the uh, Blood Eye uh, and the Rise of Sigurd. I love those two trilogies. And then he wrote as well some King Arthur kind of kind of stories, um, Lancelot, then Camelot. Um, and the third one I usually mention as an inspiration is Robert Law. So uh, again, he's a historical fiction writer who wrote series uh, on, on Vikings. Then another trilogy on uh, the late years of the Roman Empire. And I find I find his writing style absolutely amazing. Uh, sometimes a little bit too difficult maybe for uh, to 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 fully appreciate but no he's absolutely amazing those are the three writers that inspired me the most so if you describe their writing what is it or what are they it's very uh, gritty uh, it, the characters are not are they are not even gray at this point <laughs> they are <laughs> they can be considered as really dark sometimes the there is no uh, pulling back their punches, you know, as a, not only the writing itself, it can be pretty brutal, but the characters themselves uh, are not nice guys. Um, and, and they are really, how to say this, affected by the world they live in. It's usually a very brutal world where you have to fend for yourself and for your uh, closest friends, but anything else is game, basically. Um, and... Um, I don't know. I think I was inspired by this, uh, especially Robert Lowe himself was uh, a war correspondent. So he's, he's seen a, a lot of ugly stuff and you can find it in his books. Um, so this is the kind of things that you, that you can expect with them. There is a lot of raiding going on, a lot of um, men fighting men, like, and all of them are actually pretty brutish uh, so it's not your typical historical romance fiction, <laughs> is what I want to say. <laughs> so in your writing, is there a grittiness too? 
Oh, I, I surely there is. Now, in the series I'm I'm publishing right now about ancient China, I'm trying to avoid some um, some traps. I don't want to copy them too much. In, for example, I my characters are not swearing much, you know, uh, because I I don't think that would sound very Chinese. Yeah, you know, to 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 use a lot of swear words. They do sometimes, but it's not a regular uh, thing as you can find in in Cornwell or. Robert Law's uh, book. Now, my 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 characters. The story is very gritty, and and compared to the original uh, documents on this time period, which are very lyrical, very beautiful, mine is very down to earth. You can, yeah, you could say it's gritty. Debut book. Uh, mm-hmm. Hello, Yellow Sky so, Revolt. This yes, is the one. Absolutely. Yeah, Yellow Sky Revolt uh, is the first book I published. So how did you craft the Yellow Sky Revolt? Um, well, first of all, Yellow Sky Revolt is, like I said, it's the first book I published, but it's like the six books I wrote. So I have a bunch of books uh, <laughs> in the waiting line to be published someday, maybe. Um, and uh, I had written a lot of books on... North mythology just before that uh, I wrote a trilogy on, on uh, like Scandinavian mythology and um, and before that two books on Vikings or, or pre-viking uh, time period I wanted to do to a complete change so I went towards my number one passion which is the three kingdoms of China um, now I always intended to write a series on this topic but uh, I didn't think I would I was good enough to write something truly beautiful uh, on, on such a topic. So I decided I, I was postponing it, if you want. And then I realized I will never be good enough anywhere. So I might as well start uh, right away. So I started this, the Yellow Sky Revolt uh, last May. The first words were put down like the 1st of May, 2022, if I'm correct. Uh, and I think I wrote it in about three weeks, the first draft. So uh, after, after doing four months of heavy research uh, on the topic, I read dozens and dozens of, of uh, books, essays and, uh, on, on the topic of Han Dynasty, Three Kingdoms period, uh, um, anything happening around China at the same time. Um, and, uh, and once I felt I had enough to write something compelling, I started. And because I'm a, a plotter, uh, the outline was ready for some time. So... Uh, the first draft went very fast. Yeah, three weeks, I would say. Um, then I put it on the side for, for a couple of weeks, picked it up, uh, quite liked what I had written. So, And then uh, after a couple of uh, edit, I mean, I drafted it like six, seven times. Then I sent it to editors, uh, two editors. And uh, I think, yeah, it was released on the 18th of October. So, Congrats. Congratulations you. for your debut novel. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yellow Sky Revolt, The Three Kingdoms Chronicles, book one. What behind the title of your novel? Um, so Yellow Sky Revolt is a reference to um, the very beginning of the story of or what could be the beginning of the story of the Three Kingdoms. So at the, in the late second century China, uh, so we are still in the Han Dynasty, the late years of the Han Dynasty. And, and very soon, uh, early 3rd century, China is going to divide in three uh, kingdoms, hence the name, three states, if you, maybe it's a better 
name for it. Now, the the very beginning, usually what is used as the very beginning of this chaotic civil war is um, a peasant rebellion, or maybe a religious rebellion, we could say as well. And this rebellion is called the Yellow Turban uh, Uprising or Yellow Turban Rebellion. Now, the Yellow Turbans were, were flashing this... Um, this um, saying that the time of the blue sky was dead. So basically the Han Dynasty's time was gone and it was the yellow sky would soon rise. So the yellow sky was uh, a way to call uh, to, 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 to call on their religious leader and, and to say that it was their time, the time of the people was soon coming. So yellow sky revolt is a reference to the saying of the yellow turbans um, what they used to do to paint on the doors and all of this here. Very well said, Mr. Papkis. Let's talk the main characters of the Debbie mm -hmm. novel. What can you say about it? Well, first, the, the, the whole series, which is planned to be about uh, 11 books, maybe 12, um, is a, is a first-person uh, point of view. So it's from the point of view of one central character. Um, if people have read books like the Last Kingdom from Bernard Cornwell. They they will feel uh, like it's it's quite they will feel familiar with this writing device. Uh, the main character I chose is a person, uh, a historical person named Liao Hua. Now Liao Hua is uh, was a, at the end of his life a general of the Shu Han Kingdom, so one of the three kingdoms that emerged during this uh, civil war, and we don't know so much about his youth. Right, we and very often he's being um, depicted as a former rebel, right? So he would have been a rebel from the yellow turban ranks uh, and then made his way to become uh, a general in one of the three kingdoms. Um, but because we don't know so much about his youth, it allows me to, to play with him a lot. Uh, also, in, you have a lot of video games around three kingdoms and Liao Hua is never really used which I found pretty sad. <laughs> and that's another reason why I chose this, this man. And the last reason is that he's one of the only names in all this civil war that lasted almost 100 years. He is one of the only names that, that pretty much lived through it. Now, he didn't live 100 years, but he lived through most of those events, which made him a very easy character to choose as, uh, as a narrator. Um, now, the book starts when his kingdom has fallen. So we, the book starts, uh, you could say, uh, at the end of the civil war. He's old and he's grumpy because he's lost the war. And uh, now he has to recount his life tale to a scribe, starting from his childhood. So that's where Yellow Sky Revolt starts, from his childhood in a farm um, of Jing province, which is quite uh, center in the center of China um, at that time. And then we learn how he gets swooped into this rebellion, even though he's just a child, and how um, the rebellion and what comes after will shape his life. So um, in the first book, uh, Liao Hua is more of an observer. He's still very young. He doesn't have a lot of, there is not a lot of action from him, but he's more watching things. Now, of course, you know, that would be, that wouldn't be very interesting if he was just here as a spectator. So a lot of things happen uh, to him as well. Uh, and through his eyes, we, um, we start to, to, to know, we, we meet a lot of characters that are not only famous in, in, in China nowadays, but also will become important in the rest of the series.
So I think one of the my earliest reviews uh, said that this book was really a setter for the rest of the series, and that's exactly what it is. And uh, we learn the very youth of uh, this uh, amazing character named Liao Hua in Yellow Sky Revolts. Interesting, Mr. Baptist. So what was the biggest challenge you faced while writing this book? <laughs> so uh, the research was was pretty hard in the sense that a lot of things are recorded in Chinese history about the events, uh, the powerful men, the life at in the capital and, and all of this, but the daily life of peasants, of farm, uh, farmers, uh, soldiers, or, or people of small trade, um, we don't have a lot to, to go on with. So we don't know very much, we don't know exactly how they lived uh, and, and there is not so much related to the architecture. Or... So I had to, to make do with what I had uh, and I had to infer a lot of, uh, of points. I had to imagine how they would have done. I've, I had to find information based on how they lived maybe 200 years later and go backward from there or maybe check how their neighbors in, in different parts of the world uh, lived uh, at the exact same moment. Um, so the, the challenge was to keep things historically accurate without having so much to go uh, to, to, to use uh, for, for this. Um, now, the second big challenge is that the Three Kingdoms is very special because it was uh, it is a historical period of time, but it also is uh, a very famous novel in China. It's, one, it's considered one of the four classic of the Chinese literature. It's called The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, written by Luo Guangzhong in the 14th century. And now this Romance of the Three Kingdoms is, uh, is more famous than the history itself. And, but some of the content conflicts between the legend and the history. And I had to make choices. Do I want to stick with history or do I want to use what people already know uh, from this time period? So that's the difficult part, but that was also the most interesting part, I would say. Yes, very well said, Mr. Baptist. So before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening in Japan. The land of the rising sun, of course, in Tokyo. I got 74% audience share. Miyazaki at 5%. Gifu at 3%. Nara at 3%. Aichi at 3%. Wakayama at 3%. Hyogo at 3%. Kumamoto at 3%. Kanagawa at 3%. And last but not the least, Hokkaido. Arigato Saimas. Hi, thank you so much, Japan, <laughs> for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world, like Mr. Baptist Pinsenu. And we thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Mr. Baptist, what is the best highlight of Yellow Sky Revolt? Well, I really wrote it with two ideas in mind, two readership in mind. The first would be people who already know and love the Three Kingdoms. And I wanted to give them a tale that they never heard of, uh, like give them something new, uh, while at the same time uh, peppering the, the, the novel with uh, Easter eggs so that some of them might recognize, some of them might not. 
Um, and I'm actually loving com having conversations with people who know the three kingdoms way better than I do and seeing if they caught all those Easter eggs or not. So the first one of the, the half of my readership, I hope, will be people who like the three kingdoms through any of the adaptations of this story. And the second half of my readership that I hope to, to reach uh, are people who know absolutely nothing about either the three kingdoms or even ancient China in general. And I really wrote this book with the goal of making it easy for them to, to get into it. Um, sometimes when, when I read books about, for example, ancient Rome or ancient Greece, I found it difficult because the, the, the writer has what I would call a burden of knowledge and want to put this, those writers want to put too much information. It almost read like a history books. And if you don't have the basic knowledge to read it, you can't appreciate it as much. So I really wanted Yellow Sky Revolt and the books coming after to be easy for people who don't know about China to enjoy them. So sometimes they will feel um, almost Western. You, you, you might even, uh, I don't know if you would forget it's set in China, but at least it, it will never be a bother. Um, so if you want to know more about China and you don't know where to start, I think, I hope this is a very good book uh, to pick up. And if you already know uh, a lot about China, uh, you will still find a lot to enjoy in Yellow Sky Revolt. So the Three Kingdoms Chronicles book, is this good for a series or a motion picture? Oh, that would be absolutely amazing in either case. No, that would be more of a series. <laughs> I, believe, <laughs> uh, I think I was heavily influenced with uh, TV shows, uh, like I said, like The Last Kingdom, Vikings or uh, Rome, even Marco Polo to some extent. Um, and, and well, first the my series, The Three Kingdoms Chronicles, will be, like I said, very long. So that would be difficult to make it into a book, into a, sorry, a motion picture, a movie. Uh, so it would probably be a better uh, series. Yes, people, we are calling Netflix, Amazon, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, uh, that, please uh, keep, uh, pick it up and let me know what you think of it, Netflix. Uh, uh, or any production based in China, actually, that could be really nice too. <laughs> yes, and according to Darian, Chinese Odyssey, Yellow Sky Revolt is a great start to what promises to be a grand and sweeping saga recounted from the memories of a nearly century-old drama, Old Man, sorry. It uh, retraces his early life as a young boy whose life is changed forever by a rebellion which sweeps ancient China. I hope there is no spoiler over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Kudi he, he knows what he's doing. He's an amazing writer um, uh, of historical fiction as well. Uh, I'm very lucky that he read and enjoyed uh, this book. Um, I've also received a very nice endorsement from uh, Angus Donald. Um, who is really big in the historical fiction field, and uh, and as well as, as uh, Dr. Rafe, Rafe de Crespigny, who is con probably considered the big, number one specialist uh, in history uh, as a as a researcher when it comes to Three Kingdoms, um, and so very lucky with uh, reviews so far. Yes, I hope Darian will be my guest too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So according to Cody Engdahl, outstanding first novel of what promise or promises to be a fantastic series. How, what are the elements that you put in the story to make 
fantastic. Well, uh, I don't know if uh, in the series altogether, I, I read a lot of books that have this uh, one book, one bad guy, for example. And I didn't do this. So um, I see my series as three arcs, right? So um, the first four books re will represent one arc, uh, the youth of the main character and how he has to find himself, what he believes in, and um, how his vision of his Lord is changing um, as his Lord evolves uh, in, in uh, ancient China. Uh, and I think seeing through this, this growth in both characters, the main character and his Lord, which is obviously the second biggest character in this uh, series so far, um, is very interesting. This is where the source of conflict rises to, in, in my mind. Uh, basically, they are not evolving exactly the same way. And uh, their, their relationship, the relationship between the main character and some other characters around him will really define the fate of the empire. So there is really this idea that um, even though he's a very minor character in history and in the, in the legend of the Three Kingdoms, uh, I'm making him uh, directly responsible for many uh, shifts in history. Uh, so I think that might be one of the main selling points you could say of this series is a really strong retelling of a story that's been told and retold already many times, but that is not very famous maybe in uh, Western countries. Yes, and according to Red Oscar writes, well written, research and all around excellent intro to what promises to be a fantastic series. What are the preparation that you you did in uh, writing this debut novel? Well, like I said, the the research was really heavy. Uh, <laughs> so just uh, just for, to let you know a bit more about myself, so I started researching when my second baby was born. So uh, I had I basically wanted to be at home and stay with him as much as and my wife, obviously, as much as possible. So. Um, I, I put my head in, in books and, and uh, essays related to this time period and read as much as possible. Um, and then it was just, uh, yeah, just uh, the, the outline, like I said. Uh, I'm a big believer in, uh, in uh, outlining a book, uh, plotting a book. So my plots can be, uh, uh, I think Yellow Sky Revolt's plots was about 5,000, 6,000 words, which is almost a small uh, novella at this point. Um, and then it's just, I just started to flesh it out uh, even more and it came very nicely, I would say. That was pure pleasure. Yes, definitely. And according to Amazon, you are number 24 in historical Chinese fiction, number, oh. 30, number 36 in historical Asian fiction. Congratulations. I think you did a Thank you. job. I think a few days ago, I, I would have been, I was 10 or 12 in historical Chinese fiction because I'm doing a sales right now. So <laughs> usually my, <laughs> my numbers are, more, are probably closer to 1890. So I'm quite lucky right, to do, do this podcast. Uh, yes, today. definitely. You're lucky. And we are lucky that you, I have you on my podcast. So before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101, on our third season with... Chef Alessandro and one of the executive chef in one of 
best restaurant in downtown Toronto. And our third season is talk about our, of course, mother sauces and a lot more. And we are so grateful because we got our million, no, one million downloads, people. So I'm so Yay, congratulations. Thank you. And please do support if you are supporting my Food 101. Can you please support my Book 101 review? Because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world, people. And plus one more, I have this new podcast called Comedy 101. If Book 101 is empower writers, Comedy 101 will empower comedians all over the world. Our first episode was yesterday and with Mr. Mike Lucas. I'm Daniel Lucas, but we have different uh, letters. If Mike Lucas have a letter K on his last name and mine is letter C. So we are stepbrother in different mother, as we said. <laughs> So, uh, Comedy 101 will empower comedian and we teach you how to laugh. Because people, laughter is the best medicine. So, please do listen. Comedy 101. Mr. Pablis, are you independent or traditional publishing? No, I'm a self-published uh, writer. Uh, so, I'm taking care of my books all by myself. Mostly, except the editing and covers, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the pros and cons of being an indie author? Well, the big, big pros. I mean, there are a lot of pros, but the big one is that you, you make your own decisions, um, which is a big cons as well, because that means you are responsible for all your mistakes, uh, <laughs> the ones that you leave in your books. But no, you, I can choose... The themes I want to develop in my books, uh, whether I want to leave some some parts that maybe publishers would ask me to remove uh, as well. Now, of course, if it doesn't, if readers don't like it, that's on me. Um, it also allows me to choose my own editors, my cover artist. Uh, where do I want to sell the books and all of this? And another big pros is the the copyrights. So, as a self-published writer. Uh, a big chunk of the copyrights go to me. Um, so I might, self-published writer might sometimes sell less, but they keep more out of their sales. Um, so of course, it's not uh, the whole point of being self-published, but uh, it's pretty nice still. But yes, I yes, indeed, Mr. Papis. What is your inspiring message for those aspiring writers <laughs> out there? That's an inter interesting question. Uh, first thing that I, I mean that I say, first, I, I'm not such an experienced writer, right? I've been published for uh, seven months, eight months now, so it's not so long. But what I can say is that you, you should trust your characters. I always feel extremely pleasantly surprised by characters choosing their own path sometimes. You, you intend them to be one way, but they, they decide to go another way. And, and at first it feels... Uh, a bit confusing, like why would this character change the personality I had in mind for him or her? And then down the line, it makes sense as if this character knew what was going to happen uh, later in the book. Uh, I know it sounds a bit weird for if you don't have writing experience, but it makes complete sense once you, you've finished your first book. 
Um, and I think that would be the second advice, actually, is finish your first book. <laughs> and you will, real, you will realize it wasn't as impossible as you might have thought. Uh, I think there's a bunch of things uh, that look difficult before you do them. And once you've completely, completed those tasks, you realize it wasn't impossible. It was difficult, but not impossible. And once you've finished your first book, the second one comes more easily, um, I feel. Now, I know some writers will tell you, like, the more it goes, the more difficult it gets for them. But so far, for me, it's just pure pleasure from uh, writing all the way to clicking that publish button. Yes, people, if you have the passion of writing, go for it, because probably you are one of the best in the making. <laughs> we are encouraging you people to, to uh, show your work, publish it, and show to the world that you have something. Uh, Yellow Sky Revolt, uh, book one of the Three Kingdoms Chronicles. What else you can say about it, Mr. Baptist? Hmm. Well, it really, it's the first, very, very first part of, of a long series. So please bear with me. There will be a lot of books coming on uh, in the next few months and years. And, and along with the main series, um, I publish every two months. I share every two months bonus chapters that are from secondary characters' point of view with my newsletter. So uh, if anyone liked Yellow Sky Revolt, uh, I suggest they go on my website and, and subscribe to the newsletter and so far, there are like three or four bonus chapters that I, I'm very happy to share uh, directly. Um, so, and I'm looking forward to know what everyone thinks uh, of Yellow Sky Revolt and the following books. Yes, definitely. So this will be a trilogy or a series? No, it's going to be a very long series. Like it, it, it will be at least uh, 11 books for the main series. Uh, so the maybe 12 i'm still uh, tweaking the plot a little bit for for the last part uh, of the story so it's the main series is going to be series is going to be 11 to 12 books and there will be maybe one or two uh, companion stories as well i'm actually writing the first companion novel right now as we speak okay sounds interesting so what will be your timeline for all those books well, the first year of publication, I wanted to have four books out, which will probably be okay, actually, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, and then I will try to, to publish, um, how to explain it. So in 2023, basically, there are three, three to four books. I want to publish the next three, four books, probably in 2025, with one year in between. Uh, and then the last three in 2027 again with and, and the, the last three or four I should say sorry so the I really intend the series to be completed by late 2027 short-term and long-term goals in writing well short-term I just want to uh, elbow myself a little nicer spot on the historical historical fiction stage uh, and get my name out there and that whenever people think uh, uh, historical fiction um, set in ancient times well maybe they will think of me as well um, and long term while well, I want to be one of the number one the most important writers in the genre uh, and obviously I'm gonna go above uh, beyond China I should say like uh, I'm writing books that are not set in ancient China but different cultures so yeah I just want to write as much and as long as possible uh, because I absolutely love it well uh, I, I 
I was born in Normandy in France and I stayed there until I was 21. Then I did an internship in China uh, for, for five, six months, which was absolutely amazing. So then uh, during my studies, I managed to go live in Japan a bit. Then China again, I stayed about two years. Then, like I said, Japan for six, seven years. So I've been away from France. Beside a small break in 2019, 2020, uh, I left France 13 years ago, basically, and spend my time either in China or Japan. About this, can you please invite our listeners to buy all your books? Oh, absolutely. Uh, dear listeners of Book 101, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic if you would kindly consider uh, Yellow Sky Revolt, Heroes of Chaos, and the soon-to-be-published Dynasty Killers as your next read. Uh, and don't hesitate. Actually, I would love you guys to contact me on Twitter. Tell me what you thought of it and uh, have a little chat uh, about those books or the books that uh, you enjoyed recently. And if I may, I also want to point out that I have a small YouTube channel dedicated to historical fiction uh, called Back in Time Fiction. Uh, you may find some uh, reviews that I left of other books uh, and some interviews of uh, uh, writers of historical fiction, such as Angus Donald, Matthew Harvey, and Stephen and McKay, uh, among others. Uh, your books are on sale. Yeah, so right now, but they will be until the 7th of June. So depending on when your <laughs> podcast will air, uh, it might be too late. I will do more sales in the, in the future, probably close to the release of the third book, 10th of August. No, I will publish it today, Mr. Baptiste, the one we have episode today. Uh, yeah. Yes, you can invite them to, you know, to do your sale, uh, sale books on sale. So, yeah, obviously the book will be, um, the, the Yellow Sky Revolt and Heroes of Chaos are both on sales right now for 99 cents uh, or 99p, depending where you live, or even 99, 0.99 euros. Um on uh, on Amazon, so uh, hurry up and get uh, get on Amazon to to enjoy this uh, small sale. Then they'll go back to two ninety nine very soon. Yes, people, let's support Mister Baptist because the books are phenomenal, uh, according to the readers. Yes, it is. So let's support him <laughs> because if you support him, he will give his best. More more books to come, people. That's Absolutely. What, that's why I created this podcast to support in the author especially. Sir Pabdis, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you again for inviting me over. Bodycon people, see you soon.